Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk with Tara Quinn, Director of Help Pregnancy Center in Monroe, North Carolina, about the necessity of the gospel in pregnancy center ministry. Stay with us. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Today I have with me Tara Quinn. She's with Help Pregnancy Center in Monroe, and they're a partner ministry of ours on the sidewalks at the abortion centers here in Charlotte. They bring their mobile unit out. And so, Tara, just real quick, introduce what your role is at Help Pregnancy Center, how long you've been involved, and, and that sort of thing. Um, we just celebrated 28 years of ministry. Okay. I actually started the center, and it's a pro-life work to let women know they have other choices. And so my role is really anything that needs to be done. Is what yeah. it, It's how it started. Uh-huh. And as it's grown, um, my role is very diverse. Sometimes I'll come out to the sidewalk, not often, but sometimes I've been out here um, Sometimes I, it feels like I'm always in a car going somewhere to meet other people with the same heart. Yeah. That's about the vision of reaching the unborn. And then, and then my favorite part is being inside our doors and yeah. helping to equip the people that are in there serving so that we can reach the community. Yeah, yeah. So are you you're the executive director of Help Pregnancy Center or the president or whatever? You can... It's all of that stuff? It's all of the above. <laughs> I mean, the servant leader there? there? Yes. Yeah. Well, so in leadership, you know, you, you, you wear many hats and it can be uh, challenging to try to get everything done. I understand that dynamic for sure. Uh, one of the things, you know, I've seen with you, we've known each other for, I don't know, has it been 10 years or more? At least. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I've always appreciated about you is ser- sort of the servant leadership, the servant heart that you have, and the, and the understanding that, um, you know, we're in ministry, that we're not running a business, we're not running, you know, just a 501c3, we're running a ministry. This is a ministry that's about Jesus. And that's some of what I want to talk to you about, because you have a heart, you've been running a pregnancy center for almost 30 years, and that says something, a successful pregnancy center. Uh, with, I mean, you guys have got all kinds of stuff going on there. You've got a clothing ministry. You've got a prenatal clinic, which is awesome. Um, you're doing the abortion pill reversals there now, which my wife is, is the nurse doing that. And uh, then you had a mobile pregnancy center, which is the mobile ultrasound unit that partners with us uh, out on the sidewalks in front of the abortion clinic. You guys got a lot going on. The Lord's obviously given you some vision. The Lord's obviously given you some, uh, some backing from him, right? Right. And, uh, and that's, that's awesome to see. And I really feel like that you've got some things, uh, which is why I wanted to have you on, that you can speak to other pregnancy centers, that you can speak. You know, this is a gospel-centered pro-life podcast. It's not just about sidewalk counseling. I want us to impact you know, pregnancy center ministry, any, any ministry that has anything to do with pro-life. I want us to um, impact them with understanding that the gospel is not just a sort of a side item, in our ministry, but it is the focus. It should be the focus. It doesn't always mean we're shoving the gospel down. You know, it doesn't mean that we're shoving the gospel down people's throats, but it, everything we do is seasoned with the gospel, and you have that heart, and we'll get into that a little bit um, as we as we go through the conversation. But I want you to share kind of how you got involved initially in pregnancy center ministry, maybe some of your story, some of your background, and, uh, and yeah, just go for it. 
Um, well, I call myself, if we're looking at my story, and I think my story reflects a lot of other women's story. Yeah. Um, I was one of those church girls. So I truly knew the Lord from an early age. But discipleship is what's so important. Yeah. It's not just a Sunday morning um, lifestyle. It's what you do those other six days of the week. And so discipling is what makes a big difference for that in, in the heart of a believer. And so I was that girl that that had gotten saved on an Easter Sunday, and it was very vivid, very real, and um, I remember it very plainly. But then the discipling, and then life happens, and, and then we have people that go into high-risk categories because of the struggles that can be in our homes and things. Yeah. And so it's never about blaming other people, but God had a divine order and a structure. And when that gets off balance, then it does put young girls at risk. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I really came from an at-risk group of had parents, but alcohol was in my home strongly. And, and then there was some domestic violence within that. And it wasn't towards me, but between with my mother and father and and so um you know just those things were around me and and i there were i had a good home on a lot of levels but um my parents sometimes i say they did the best they could yeah and and so um that's what I grew up in. And then when I got saved and I just, I wasn't really discipled, I'd go to church. Even when parents and people weren't taking me, I'd take myself as a kid. And so I think it's always so important talking to Christians to understand your youth and kids ministries are so important. Mm -hmm. You don't always know a child can come and look good at church and, but you don't know what they're going back to. And and so um, always have a heart for people to understand the power of working with our kids. And so I ended up in that at-risk group, divorce and things in my home, and um, I never blame, but I ended up pregnant as a teenager. Yeah, I dated somebody older, and um, we were engaged, and um, I felt that... Um, that you know we justify sin don't we sure and and so he loves me that makes it okay and all of that and so i became pregnant and i went to the world for answers right i I didn't go to a youth pastor i didn't go to parents Uh, my parents loved me they would not have thrown me away or kicked me out but there's a lot of shame that goes with sexual sin yeah and a lot of guilt and and condemnation and and so um what happened, I ended up in the abortion clinic, yeah. and I ended up in the one in Charlotte. There was yeah. Planned Parenthood um, at that time, and um, that's where I went. That was the only voice I was hearing. And yeah. I try and tell parents, you need to be a loud voice with your kids because the voices are out there, and you need to make sure you're the one they hear the loudest. Yeah, absolutely. And so just kind of in the midst of that struggle, in the midst of that, you know, what am I going to do? The fear that comes from, yes. you know, an unwanted pregnancy. And that drove you ultimately to the Planned Parenthood. It did. And uh, so what, you know, immediately after that, maybe there was a lot going on, you know, obviously make, can't get into all of that. But sort of immediately after that, was there, was a regret? Was there, you know, I need to, to, to make better choices. I need to get right with God, get back right with God and, and that sort of thing. What was going on in your heart at that time? Oh, Daniel, for me, it was immediate. I mean, before I ever left the abortionist table, I, I was convicted. And, yeah. um, you know, repentance is a gift. Brokenness is a gift from God. Yeah. Because as long as we're strong and we think we have this, then we don't think we have, need God. Yeah. For me, um, 
I because I did know who God was, the brokenness was immediately yeah. for me. Yeah. And so, um, and and you know, you'd like to think, oh well, good, life got back on track easy for you. It didn't. Um, but I will say, the mercy of God is what always kept me in those hard places. And so for me, that I remember that day, I was broken. I I immediately knew that what I had done was wrong. And yeah. and not just wrong, but as a believer it's sin. Yeah. And that's different, right yeah. and wrong yeah. you, and then sin. Yeah, you, you, oops, you I'm sorry God. You know, yeah. we like to tell God a lot, "Oh, I'm sorry." But I don't think that's really what he's looking for. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, the word of God, you know, it's about a brokenness of, of repentance yeah. of acknowledging your sin. And so I did immediately know that 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 what I had done was not only wrong, but that it was sinful, and I had taken a life. We see those women come out of clinics up here at Latrobe. Oh yeah, on a regular basis, yeah. they're going in and and they have to do what they have to do, and you don't understand my circumstances, and we're like, but there's a better way. God's got answers, and they go, well, that's not for me. And then we see them come out, and their heads are dropped. Yeah, they don't want to look you in the eye, or they're broken, and they say things like, oh, I wish I would have listened. Yeah. Uh, for me, I didn't have the benefit of that that day. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a mobile unit parked outside of that Planned Parenthood that day for me. There wasn't a believer out there with a, a brochure. Yeah. There wasn't a voice calling, Tara, you don't have to do this. There's a better way. Yeah. I was a scared young girl that walked in, and um, there wasn't anyone on the yeah. sidewalk. Do you think, and I know it's hard to kind of look back and, and, you know, to know really what your response would have been, but do you think if there would have been sidewalk counselors there, a, a mobile unit there offering a free ultrasound, you think that would have changed your mind? Oh, Daniel, that's why I believe in the power of that mobile unit that yeah. we have. I think that's why God was able to use me um for that mobile unit to get started was because I did know the impact it could have made. See, I wasn't hard-hearted. I wasn't like, well, bless God, you can't tell me what to do. I didn't know what to do. And you know what? I'm 56. I was 16. That's been 40 years ago. And Daniel, I didn't have a smartphone. I was asking if this is a life. But I remember the counselor I had at Planned Parenthood that day, she was like, um, I said, is this a life? And see, I always wanted to be a mom. I was scared. I didn't want to be a teenage mom. And if one person would have shown me a picture or said, there are fingers and toes connected to this tissue, I never would have wanted to have killed a baby. Yeah. See, but I was buying the lie, is this a baby or not? Right, yeah. And my counselor said, will you define life? Yeah. And I thought, I'm 16. I'm asking you for questions. And you know, when you're 16, she was probably about 25. She was, I remember that day, she was in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. And I just remember she looked old. She seemed so much older than me that I thought, well, if she doesn't know, she's the expert here. She's their counselor, whatever that meant to them. Yeah. Um, and so I bought the lie because I needed to keep buying the lie to go through with what I went through. Yeah. And the thing is, is there's no truth that goes on in those clinics. Yeah. Nobody wanted well, to mean, tell it's, me it's the a, truth. It's a profit. It's a for-profit organization. It is know. all about the money. <laughs> yeah. it, it has never been about they cared about women. I think there are people in those clinics that are genuinely deceived. Yeah. And there might be some people in there thinking they are helping women, but it's really driven by money. Because yeah. you know what, Daniel, there was not a free abortion for me that day. Right, sure. If without my money, without a financial transaction, I would have had to have walked out that door that day because nobody had a 
had money sitting over there in the corner saying, here, we love you enough. We'll do this for free or we'll give you some money to get this abortion. No, no, it's all about money. Yeah, of course. Now, fast forward, you know, some years after that uh, abortion and, and, uh, you know, I'm sure some struggles after that and then struggling with God and then ultimately your surrender to the Lord. Um, you, you surrendered your life early to the Lord, but really, you know, there seems like there are seasons and times in our lives where we recommit our lives to the Lord and then we commit our lives to um, not just to the Lord in general, but to particular calls. And service. To service, yeah. And, uh, and you committed your life to the Lord in service to women like you were at one point. Because, again, you know, Planned Parenthood, they're not offering anything free. But there are literally thousands, tens of thousands of pregnancy centers around the United States of America that do everything they do for free. Correct. And one of the things we, we actually were calling around in the area, we have a resource guide for when we encounter a woman at an abortion clinic. I'm sure you guys have this too. Different places, organizations that will help meet the needs that we can't. And so we actually called around medical places that will do like a sliding scale thing for women. And we called Planned Parenthood just to see what they would say and to see kind of if they had a sliding scale thing and, and to kind of contrast with some of the resources we found. And Planned Parenthood, by the way, guys, does not offer anything for free. Everything that they offered, there was a, a fee associated with it. And we found at some of these sliding scales, it's a complete rabbit trail, but, <laughs> but at some of these sliding scale places, these, these medical clinics and whatnot, whatnot um, were far cheaper than Planned Parenthood. <laughs> But we have with pregnancy centers, um, you know, with you guys, with Help Pregnancy Center, with the other pregnancy centers in the area and all over the United States, these are free services. That's these right. Are, these are free. Um, you guys have a medical um, prenatal clinic there, so, and all that stuff is free. It's not free. You know, obviously, there has to be donors and people that, that back that. Um, praise God for people like that. But for the women that come in, it's free. And that was kind of your heart. Um, with opening Help Pregnancy Center, what what was your heart? Maybe I'm just assuming, but well, my heart, Daniel, was I knew. You're right. I didn't walk out of that clinic, and just because I was convicted of my sin, I did repent. I asked God to forgive me, but you have to realize I'm still a 16 year old kid out here struggling. Yeah, and so my life is a mess, but. I have to go to back to school. I go to work the same day I had an abortion just to keep that lie up with my family that I'm good. I mean, so I had to keep pretending that I was good and inside I wasn't good. And so I struggled with, yes, I knew enough of God's word if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. That's a truth. That was true, it's still true, it will always be true. But so many times with sin, we sit in judgment of our own self. Yeah. And, and so we, we are trapped in that choice. We're not trapped about forgiveness, but we're trapped with the consequences of that choice. Yeah. And the consequences of that choice, Daniel, is that I would always be a mom, but I would never get to parent that child on earth. Yeah. And so um, I went for about 10 years because people didn't talk about it. Even though I'd gotten into church and all of those things, serving the Lord, knowing the Lord, you did not talk about abortion in church. And yeah. you were, it was like putting this big unpardonable sin on your shirt, you know, and, and you were that scarlet woman. So you didn't talk about it. So women have stayed so trapped in that aftermath and the pain of that. And so when I got freedom, 
you know me, I'm free about it. Yeah. I mean, like I'm talking about it now and I, I don't, I'm not being judged by God and, and he loves me and he's forgiven me. And I just knew that what he did for me, Daniel, he wanted to do for other women. Yeah. And too many women walk in those clinics that should that they don't think they have other choices. When I was growing up in my town, there was not a pregnancy center. Yeah. Had there have been, and I've walked in one, and somebody would have lovingly sat with me and shown me that God had a plan for me and my baby, and that being pregnant didn't make my life over. Yeah. That um, I wasn't some bad girl. And so had somebody come around me, put their arm around me, had shown me the truth and shown me pictures of development, and I could never have gotten rid of my son or daughter. Yeah. So the ministry really got birthed. Um, I say it's Genesis 50, 20 of what the enemy intended for evil. God used for good. Yeah. It was never God's plan for me to walk in sin, get pregnant, have an abortion so I could be here today. Yeah. But in spite of all of that, because I turned to him, then God can make good and turn um, beauty from our ashes. Yeah, that's awesome. And so that's what he did with my life. And I just was tenacious enough to say, I can't be quiet any longer. And so it's like Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me. Yeah. I really didn't know what that meant when I said that. I was 28 years old. And, um, but it's been worth it. Yeah. So I want to talk about some of the things because you guys, you know, you have a lot to offer at Help Pregnancy Centers that some of the pregnancy centers that are just getting started may not have. You know, there are pregnancy centers that don't yet have the ultrasound capabilities and that sort of thing. But I believe with all of the pregnancy centers and just pro-lifers in general, there are some things that, that you've learned and some of the things that you've experienced over the years just being involved in this ministry um, that would help. You know, you can really, I mean, right now you have the opportunity to speak to literally thousands of people that would be listening to this podcast and speaking of the lives of a pregnancy center director that was like yourself, you know, 28 years ago, um, and they're just getting started or they've been in this thing for a while. What are, what are some of the things that you would just caution and some of the things that you would encourage a pregnancy center with? Well, Daniel, I think you started this podcast talking and calling about gospel-centered. Yeah. I think what we really have to realize and get back to, as wonderful as programs are, and you know, we have a lot of programs in our ministry. Yeah. We have a lot of classes. We offer a lot of discipling. And as wonderful as those things are, we, we had three points in our foundation of building our work. Um, it was one that it was to reach the woman that finds herself in an unplanned pregnancy and knowing that God has a plan, helping her and letting her define what that is. We sometimes think the girl, the woman's just young and single, and you know that's not true. Right. You see married Christian women at the abortion clinic. Oh, yeah. And, and so it's to help that woman. She determines what an unplanned pregnancy feels like in her, of what would desperately drive her to an abortion clinic. Maybe she's in an abuse, abusive situation. Mary, maybe she's married to the abuser, or maybe she's not. Maybe, maybe she is young and she feels her parents will disown her. You know, there's multiple reasons of why women end up here, but let's face it, it's because they feel hopeless yeah. and helpless. And so it's so it's to help that woman. It's to help the woman that's already made that decision, and then she has the penalty and the the um, that she feels within her own life of yeah. the, the weight of that sin, and so she's broken, and it's affected her life. So it's to help the post-aborted woman to know that there's Bible studies and God's Word that we can put in and impart to her to receive healing. But really, the first call 
on should be on all pregnancy centers should be the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because Daniel, I could not save myself. Yeah. I couldn't put myself back together. I couldn't heal myself. No other uh, a husband couldn't do it. Another person couldn't do it. Even a preacher couldn't do it. Jesus was the only one that could bring healing. And if we don't offer these men and women that come through our doors Jesus Christ, then we're just a humanitarian work. Yeah, I'm not saying humanitarian works aren't good. I'm not being critical of them. Yeah, but, sure. I, but the Lord, early on for the work he's called me to, I know that opens a doorway for a lot of evangelism. But um, the Lord told me, Tara, as good as humanitarian work is, and it's a good thing, as good as saving babies is, and it's a good thing, it's a humanitarian work with out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so um, I think it's easy to get caught up in programs, but I think the gospel, we have to keep it simple. We make it way too hard sometimes oh, yeah. Yeah. because um, we can go and make something look good. We live in a country where there's lots of resources. You can even get a lot of money and make something look pretty. But if we don't share the gospel, then we really think we're the person that's going to fix them and save them. Yeah. And so only Christ can save yeah. these women. And that's, you know, for, um, you know, sidewalk counseling ministry, you know, we have to always make sure that when we minister, we're ministering before the Lord because it's it's easy. You know, this is a kind of a, a little bit of a different dynamic, but it's easy for us to get caught up in ourselves. And we get caught up in ourselves, the victories and the defeats we take ownership of. And so when that woman that we've poured into and we've shared you know, resources and we shared truth about her baby and all that, and she walks into that abortion clinic, if we're, you know, if, if we're not first ministering to the Lord, we're going to get really discouraged and we're going to think, you know, it's just, you know, whatever, whatever we're going to blame it on. But it's not about blaming. It's not about taking ownership of the ministry. It's about this is God's ministry. It is. It's, it's, it's God's message that we're bringing. It's not our message. And it's God's uh, work in the hearts of, of these abortion-minded men and women that we encounter. And, uh, and so that's really kind of uh, segueing into what I wanted to talk to you about, which is sharing the gospel with an abortion-minded woman. What does that look like as far as a pregnancy center is concerned? Well, I think the, I have so many of the, the peer counselors there that say, this is a wonderful place to share the gospel. They come to you. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to get out and go knock on their door, or it's just like um, the sidewalk counselors. They have to get out in the elements and the heat and the um, rain and all of those things and try and draw them in where God's put us in a unique opportunity that they knock on our door. Yeah. They make appointments to come see us. So... Um, that's a unique place that we have. And so why would we not share the gospel? Yeah. You know, for me, instead, why would we? It's why wouldn't we? Yeah. Because their problems are great. You know the women you serve on the sidewalk. When you hear why they want an abortion without Christ, you're like, oh, her life's yeah. out of control. But we have to put, we get to put, I tell people, we get to put hope back into hopeless situations. Yeah. So I can't fix somebody. I can't save somebody. But I know who can. Yeah. And so while I don't have all the answers, I know the one that does. And so they come in with so much brokenness. We have the good news. Why would be we be selfish and not share it with them? So for us, it's just who we are as a ministry. So it doesn't mean we don't help somebody if they don't pray that prayer of salvation. We don't Bible thump them and beat them over the head. Yeah, sure. And we don't like 
um, turn on them because they're not saying what we want them to hear. But we have to present the gospel. As believers, if we really do believe it's the good news, then why aren't we sharing yeah. it? So for us, it's just an overflow. It's really the purpose of the ministry. And I say, you know, the mission field are the unborn and their parents, all of that. And it's like um, the Lord brings our people disguised as with unplanned pregnancies. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's who we're called to are those women and men. Yeah. And so the, the um, ultrasounds, the pregnancy tests, the clothes, the diapers, all that stuff, it's just like the, it's the, um, it's what draws them there. Mm-hmm. But the real thing that we want to give away most of all is the gospel. And you know, Daniel, it's like, you know, um, we have women that have come to us multiple times for multiple pregnancies. They've needed help. And um, we share the gospel every time. And she may have come in 25 times. See, she keeps coming back, so she does know we care about her. Yeah. And um, and you never know at what part that it's their day for salvation. Yeah. So we don't pick and choose. Well, I don't want to tell her today. You know, I've told her 10 other times because it's not about us. I think we make the gospel be about us way too much yeah. when it's really about Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, you know, you never know. It could be that 22nd visit that she hears you and she's ready to accept the Lord. So yeah. we're just out there sowing. We're doing the kingdom work. We're doing... Um, I think we were told to go and make disciples, and and I think it's just natural. It's what we all should be doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know one of the things that I see in just talking with, uh, you know, pregnancy center directors or just kind of seeing things on a national scale, seeing stuff on social media and just some of the things um, that I've experienced in pro-life ministry. I've seen a lot of pregnancy centers sort of going away from a ministry gospel-focused model to more of like a, a woman-centered sort of almost positioning themselves as sort of like a neutral uh, voice in this thing. So when a woman comes to the pregnancy center, they're not really saying, hey, don't have an abortion. They're just saying, well, here's your options. And they're trusting the ultrasound. They're trusting medical facts, which are very powerful tools for sure. They are. They're trusting those things to change her mind rather than introducing this whole other very vital element, which is the fact that there's a God and that God cares about that baby that they're considering having an abortion and killing, and God cares about them. Do, do you see that in pregnancy centers? Are you seeing that yourself? And and if so, does that concern you? And how do, how do you remedy that? It's kind of why I wanted you to have, all, have you on here, actually. Well, yes, Daniel. After almost 30 years, I, I have seen some of those cycles, and, and I have had... Um, other directors really say, you really mean you share the gospel with everybody? <laughs> and to me, it's foreign to think we wouldn't, because what else do we really have to help them with? Yeah. And for me, if I understood the call that we were given as a ministry, it was to preach the gospel. Yeah. So, okay, that's the call on pregnancy centers, but we don't do it. Well, I think then we're making the ministry be about us instead of about him. Yeah. And it's about God's kingdom, and it's not about our own. And you know what? Sometimes things are uncomfortable. Yeah. Jesus crosses all cultures. 
He transcends all of that. The word of God is true. You know, sometimes we we change with different seasons and generations, but we don't change the truth of why we exist. Yeah. And so, yeah, do does it look different? Do you decorate different and all of that? Yeah, that's just um, the simple things. Yeah, but sure. Th- the gospel has to say center point. And I have been criticized as a director through the years that I'm too gospel-centered. And, yeah. and you know, you, you go to certain conferences and this group of people that are the professional somewhere say you shouldn't have scripture on your wall and because they feel like you're going to miss a group of people and offend. And, and I'm like, you know, the, the, hum, we see so many prodigals that come through our doors. Yeah. You see them on the sidewalk. Yeah, sure. You're not the first time they've heard about Jesus. So when you're sharing scripture, you don't know that there's not a scripture that's been hidden in their heart as a little girl in Sunday school. And because you're going to give them God's word and not your own, that can be the very component he uses to stop that abortion. Yeah. So I think we don't have to rub it in their nose, we don't in their face, we don't have to be demanding with the gospel. I just don't think we have to back down from it cuz yeah. it is the power of God unto salvation. So there's yeah. no other way to save. So to me, it's simple. But I, I have been criticized. I, I have seen through the years um, that they do want to make them look more like a woman's center. Mm-hmm. And and I, th- yes, women need help. But I, I think what um, we have overlooked in the early years, and I, I do see a shifting and changes, and I know we have a stronger man's um, component at our work. This really should be a ministry about family. Yeah. Y- you know, and we see more men come in with the women, and I think as we make our centers more available for men, where they feel comfortable, like where we have a man counselor that's sitting there waiting on them to come in, Yeah, they're a decision maker. Oh, yeah. This child absolutely. is theirs. He is... Um, I mean, we could go on and on scripturally why his role's important, whether he knows how to fully step into it or not. But I think we've missed some things because we've not included the man component stronger. Yeah. And um, and so that is one thing that we've been doing the past year is um, having male counselors available, peer counselors. And... Um, because it is so powerful. Most men in our center will show up to see an ultrasound. Right, yeah. And that's what they show up the most for, is that ultrasound. And so, you know, and another man can come alongside of them, and, and be, they begin to hear the truth and reality of um, that's their son or daughter. Yeah. We have a, a, we've missed, I think, that opportunity. Yeah, I think but so I think too. God's full circling that. And I think he's stirring the hearts of pregnancy centers to encompass the men more. But we've missed it if we just say it's a woman's ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's true with, uh, you know, on the sidewalk. And when we see men show up with their girlfriends or with their wives or whatever, if I could reach him, then I can reach her. And if I can reach him and, and persuade his heart to at least go in there and talk to her, I've seen men that I've talked to in the parking lot or, you know, that are standing in the parking lot, they come out on the sidewalk and talk with us. And I encourage him, which means I put courage into him. He's been deflated by the situation or by whatever's going on. And uh, I put courage into him and I say, man, you can be the father God's called you to be. And I've put a pamphlet in their hand and I've watched them go into that door. It doesn't happen all the time, but I've seen it where they go in that door. A few minutes later, she comes out, they hug on the front porch and they've chosen life because all she was wanting was for someone, she's scared, 
She's young, That's oftentimes, right. and she doesn't have anyone that she thinks is on her side. And if someone, especially that guy that she's submitted herself to in some way, uh, would speak up, then she would leave that place. And there's a statistic out there, and I always misquote it, but it's high, like 80-something percent of women that have had an abortion said that if the father of that child right. would have spoken to them and, and affirmed a decision for life, then she would have chosen life rather than went through an abortion. And so that, that lets us know that this is not just a woman's issue. This is a man's issue as well, and I appreciate the fact that you guys recognize that. Some, you know, I've, I've heard of other pregnancy centers that are recognizing that and understanding the sort of the male component of this thing. Because even after the abortion, men are affected. You see men who's, who's you know, whatever, I don't you know if you call it a syndrome or whatever, you have post-abortion syndrome that they talk about for women. But I've talked to men who have something going on in their hearts from abortions that they took part in or paid for or, or at least knew that happened for their girlfriend, you know, years and years ago. And they're still carrying that weight of that, that decision with them. So this is a man's issue as well. I appreciate the, the fact that you guys are, are tackling it on that on that angle um, too. Um, you know, with that, I think you know, just last couple of minutes here as we wrap up this uh, this podcast. Are there things that you would like to to say in particular that we haven't touched on? Uh, to pregnancy center directors, to pro life ministers, just in general, that you think would be a great encouragement to them. I know, Daniel, um, we were the first in North Carolina as a pregnancy center to bring a mobile ultrasound unit to a sidewalk. Yeah. And um, and I think back during that time period, people didn't understand that. They thought you had to choose. You had to yeah. be the sidewalk or be in a pregnancy center. And I don't think it has to be a choice. I think it's about the spirit in which we go to those places and serve. Yeah. So, you know, I've had people want to be critical of sidewalk work. And I, I just say, you know, if Jesus was walking the earth, that's where he would be. Yeah. That's where people are taking people to be killed every day. That's where he would show up to hurt these broken daughters of his. And, and so I think we get afraid of what others will think, community will think. I remember in the early years with our mobile unit, I had a very sincere director who was over a, a large, you know, a successful center in another, um, in South Carolina. And I remember her saying, well, what will your donors think? Yeah. I don't know how to think like that, Daniel, um, because I think we're called to be stewards as leaders, and we have to have accountability with funding and all of that, but we have to be obedient to Christ first. And I, I just looked at her and said, it was a donor that gave us the money to buy our first unit. Mm -hmm. And and so I think it's about we have got to stop letting people that aren't inside our doors make the decisions for us. People who, um, I think guidelines and manuals and all those affiliations, I think they're great. We use them. We're affiliates with like Heartbeat and some of those uh, places there, and they do a great job with things. But we still have to let God speak to us about the work he's called 
us to. Yeah. And so it's great to have outside resources, but I would just challenge um, directors and board members to seek God about what he wants for your community. Yeah. And it's a great place to get the body of Christ involved to serve. And, and we don't need to be working off of programs. We need to work off of God's heart and develop it around what he wants and not what we think. Yeah. Um, I've told people in our doors before, as wonderful, and, and like you've said, we've got a large clothing ministry. Some months we clothe 100 plus children in our community. We have pack and plays and car seats brand new that we will purchase and, and they come and take classes. We have a lot of other things. And I have always told everybody, if we ever have to cut back on anything, as great as those things are, we weren't called to be the diaper factory. We weren't called to, to teach some of these other things. We first were called to the unborn, and that will always be the call and the gospel. Yeah. And so sometimes we go beyond what God called us to, and we look. it looks good, it looks successful. But true success is really only going to be what the Lord um, puts his seal on. Yeah. And we have to get past what man says. And you have to hear the heart of God for your own center. Use the guidelines, use the resources, but just remember they're, they're just some resources and nothing can ever substitute for what the Spirit of God will tell you to do in your own community. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. It's a good word, not just for pregnancy centers. That's a good word for any ministry that we're involved in because uh, ultimately, like you said, it's about Jesus. It's not about us. It's not about our personality. It's not about our, our donors. <laughs> It's about the Lord Jesus, and I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate our friendship. appreciate yes. the things that you've taught me just, uh, uh, just from your years of, of being in ministry and appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys' heart. Again, the mobile unit, having that in front of the abortion clinic is massively helpful. I mean, it's like a, a mobile pregnancy center right there. I don't have to say, hey, there's a pregnancy center down the road. I say, there's one right here. Just We've seen women step directly out of the abortion center parking lot and go on that um, mobile ultrasound unit and choose life for their babies. It's an awesome, awesome resource. And I know it was a, a step of faith for you guys to do that. It was sort of like ignoring some of the opinions. I, I would say, you know, I, I can't prove this, but if I was a betting man, I'd bet you guys were probably uh, the first or one of the first uh, pregnancy centers or organizations to put a mobile unit right in front of an abortion clinic. And, uh, and you know, it is an awesome resource. Now you have, you know, there's Save the Storks. There's a lot of pregnancy centers around uh, the U.S. that are doing this. And, of course, with you, you know, we talked about this before. You're like, well, this is sort of a no-brainer, right? If we want to reach abortion-minded women, where is the most consolidated group of abortion-minded women going to be? Not at a pregnancy center. though They do come to us a lot. Um, it's actually going to be at an abortion clinic. So if we have the ability to do it, let's park the thing in front of the abortion clinic. And and it is awesome to see moms choose life instead of abortion right there on that sidewalk. And choose Jesus, too. We see right. moms come to know the Lord. And uh, and that's an awesome thing. So I appreciate you sharing. You're welcome. And uh, with that, we'll wrap this thing up. So we appreciate you guys who, uh, who listen to the podcast. I want to encourage you, if you want to connect with Tara... Maybe you're, you're a pregnancy center director and you want to get some wisdom from Tara. I'm sure she would make herself available if you shoot her over an email. I think you can get in touch with them 
at what's the website? It's MonroeHelp.com. MonroeHelp.com. And can they get your contact info there? Just go and yeah, there's a contact uh, yeah, button uh, or something. My like email is just tquinn at MonroeHelp.com. Okay, tquinn, uh, Q U I N N. Okay, mm-hmm. at MonroeHelp.com. Okay, so you can connect with Tara there. Uh, we'll put her website address in the, the notes on the podcast. Also, you can connect with us, charlotte.citiesforlife.org. And we always encourage you guys who want to get involved in sidewalk counseling, we have a website called sidewalksforlife.com, www.sidewalks4life.com. And that's just an equipping website that will help encourage and equip those who want to get involved in sidewalk counseling. Uh, but we do appreciate you listening. I'd appreciate if you would share this podcast and, uh, and if you have ideas about future podcasts for us, uh, guests you'd like for us to, to uh, um, interview or subjects you'd like for us to tackle, we'd love to do that. We'd love to hear from you. Again, you can email me. And uh, we appreciate you guys, and God bless. Use me, Lord, or use me.